the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. It's Hour 3, Backbone Radio. Here we go on this Sunday, January 28th, 2024. We got to cover Nikki Haley a bit in this hour. What do you think of her prospects still in the race after having some extremely lackluster performances and Trump Trump is like 63 points ahead of Nikki in the polls but the donors want her in there they know that Nikki doesn't have a chance of winning but they want her to try to damage Trump as much as possible heading into heading into the general election that is the plan and that is why Nikki Haley has Democrats voting for her the whole New Hampshire thing, by the way, was 70% of her voters were not Republicans. <laughs> so Trump won by 11 percentage points in New Hampshire. And if you add up the amount of Democrats in New Hampshire that the big donors funded to switch over and in an open primary and vote for Nikki... That is a decisive and convincing victory for Donald Trump, like the blowout he had in Iowa the week before, heading into South Carolina, where Trump will dominate again. But Nikki will try to stick around, neocon Nikki, to try to damage Trump for the general, which is, you know, that's politics and that's that's loyalty, right? Said she would never run against Donald Trump. But like Reed Hoffman, the big donor who helped, you know, these billionaire Godzilla types out there who can wreak so much havoc in our society, and our civilization. You know, they he funded the E. Jean Carroll bogus lawsuit against Trump and he's funding Nikki Haley. It's the same people. It's the same people. It's the same Democrats. It's the same uniparty kind of situation. And, uh, you know, let, let's let's hear CNN tell it about the uh, percentage of voters. And again, CNN, they go to the cameras when early in the night when they had some of the heavy leftist precincts come in. It made it look like a kind of a closer race. And then as the evening went on, Trump pulls away, of course. But, you know, they got their their sound bites. But let's hear what, you know, CNN say it here. Well, the... let me hit that again. About how the rest of the night might play out. Let's go back to David Chalian with that. And David, you're getting more on the ways that Republican primary voters don't see eye to eye. Yes, that's right, Jake. In these exit poll results, you see a Mars and Venus exit universe poll. for Haley yeah. and Trump coalitions here. Take a look at the numbers. Among Trump voters, 70% of them, according to our exit polls, are registered Republicans. Donald Trump. His support, 27% of his voters are registered undeclared or independents. Uh, 3% were unregistered before today. Look at how that compares with Nikki Haley. It's a complete reversal. It's an alternate universe. Among Haley voters, 70% are registered undeclared. Only 27% are registered Republicans. 
We also see this with when asking people, did Joe Biden legitimately win the 2020 election, which he did. Among Trump voters, 80% say no. They say it wrongly. No, Joe Biden did not legitimately win the 2020 election. Haley voters, it's the complete opposite. 83% of Haley voters say correctly that Joe Biden was the legitimate winner in 2020. Only 15% of her voters say wrongly that he was not. This is the Trump-Haley-Mars-Venus election tonight. in Okay, so that's just so you understand the deal here, that it's a trick and it's a game, and the Uniparty would be nowhere without their tricks and their games, their little schemes. That's always the deal. They thought maybe they could get Nikki over the top in New Hampshire. That was the one state maybe they thought she could win. Governor Sununu, another Uniparty guy, governor of New Hampshire, was out there saying, Nikki's going to win New Hampshire. Nikki's going to win. 70% of her voters, not Republicans. Okay? So you can essentially find a way to pay Democrats to go over, cross over, unregister, register the same day, and vote in the Republican Party primary. And it's just a rig, of course. It's just a racket. But that's how they're going to sustain it. And, of course, they're going to go through the echo chamber in the media and try to portray that as some kind of a success, of course. Whereas Tucker Carlson was saying last week, we played it, that Nikki's a hologram. There's no actual support for Nikki Haley, okay? Well, there actually is a little because Liz Cheney likes Nikki Haley. (laughs) Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, you know, the Liz Cheney types, the neocon Liz Cheney type likes Nikki. Let's hear Cheney tell it. What do you make of Nikki Haley's decision to stay in the race? And, uh, And do you see a path for her? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I hope she stays in the race, um, you know, as long as, as she has to. Um, I think certainly, you know, through Super Tuesday. Yeah, there you go. The praise from Liz Cheney upon Nikki Haley. And again, hope she stays in the race. Hope she stays in the race, says Liz Cheney. Why? Because they want to try to damage Trump. And of course, it's, you know, it's not working and these games don't work, but they're going to, you know, they're going to try to do it. And so that's what they do. And, you know, hey, let's just let's just let this go. Let's just let this play. The GOP, the RNC was talking about, uh, you know, just saying, hey, let's let's go ahead and just say Trump is the presumptive nominee. But Trump said, nope, nope, I don't want you to do that. I want to do it the old fashioned way. We're just going to win one state at a time. Is there any state that Nikki can win? No, her people go out there and they they don't ever say that there's some state that they can win. Because their strategy is not to win. Their strategy is to try to cause harm for the front runner, which means try to cause harm to the Republican Party, of course. And uh, let's hear let's hear uh, hear Levitt, who is a spokesperson for the Trump campaign, say it here. And which which clip is that? I've got it in here. And uh, it's this one. Uh, No states. Nikki, no states. Jennifer cannot answer your question. The Nikki Haley campaign cannot name a state that they can win in. And people did say that she could win New Hampshire. Governor Sununu, her biggest cheerleader up there, was running around the state saying Nikki Haley's going to win in a landslide. And then all of a sudden he started to walk that back. And then he said, oh, no, no one's expecting her to win. It doesn't matter if you take second place, Jennifer. No one gives out silver medals in politics. She lost in Iowa. She lost in New Hampshire. She's going to lose in South Carolina. There is no pathway to victory. And it's a disservice to the American public that you guys are pretending that she can win. 
Okay. Uh, Jennifer Nessler, we'll have you back. We appreciate it. Yeah, we'll let's it. do the pretending, the pretending game. And that's what the media does. That's what the unit party does, all this pretending. And, you know, around here, we just don't go for the pretending. We don't do the pretending. We don't engage in pretending. But I would say, what, what percentage of the amount of media you see is them actually pretending that they don't know something or pretending that something is other than it actually is? They earn their paychecks by pretending. That's, that's the whole deal there. And by the way, it, take, it takes gumption and it takes gall to do this for Nikki to come out and to essentially deny neocon Nikki, the quintessential establishment candidate to deny that she's the establishment candidate. Oh, the establishment's going to try to throw me out of the race. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that takes that takes to see. Martha, I'm running to win this race. And as much as everybody wants to talk about what I'm going to do. At some point, y'all are going to realize that I won this race, and you're going to have to accept when I say I told you so. It is slow and slow. He wins the race. I've done this the entire time. We're going to finish it. I don't want anything else. I don't want anything else. I'm running to be president. I'm not going to pull out because somebody wants to be coronated. I'm not going to pull out because they think that I shouldn't be there. The political class has never thought I should be here. In South Carolina, in Congress, at the U.N., no one has ever thought I should be here. And that's exactly why I should be here, because I'm fighting for normal people. And I'll always do that. That takes gumption to do that and to say that and even portray that. When you are the quintessential military-industrial complex on the board of Boeing in favor of every forever war and bombing every country, yeah, when you are... Straight down the line, uniparty establishment supported by all of the globalist open borders, uniparty donors, including Democrat Reed Hoffman, the Godzilla billionaire. But that's that's their game. That's what they're pretending. And so we'll just watch this play on a little bit and we'll just have fun with it. What do you say? Let's enjoy it. Be right back. Why not have a little song from Finland there? Artu Wiskari, of all names, and you don't hear the Finnish language very often, but uh, there's a little bit of it right now. Finnish. Yes, the most multicultural music you will ever hear on your radio dial right here at Backbone Radio, but also, could we be the most America first in terms of our content, I would say? We very well could be. And this gets me to a point I might like to make. You think about Rush Limbaugh, the legacy of Rush Limbaugh, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest talk show host ever, ever in the history of the United States of America and the world. And um, unfortunately, I mean, the loss you feel by not having Limbaugh around his passing. And so the torch was handed on to a couple of individuals the Clay and Buck show and the Limbaugh time slot, okay? Buck Sexton, Clay Travis, and this Clay Travis individual. It's kind of good that his last name is Travis because it is a good rhetorical connection to the word travesty. And I'll tell you what, I mean, there should be a drumbeat out there about how far can you fall to go from someone like the genius of a Rush Limbaugh 
to the opposite with a Clay Travis, the Clay Travis kind of scenario. Oh, man. Um, you could not imagine falling further. Like, they don't have measurements that can measure the length of the distance of such a fall and such a decline when you go from a Limbaugh to a Clay Travesty. And I'll just, I'll just there's one little clip here is that, you know, there's Clay Travis comes out and saying, hey, Trump should have Nikki, neocon Nikki, be his vice presidential candidate. <laughs> if you know anything about politics, if you know anything about who and what Nikki Haley really is, you would never consider something like this could somehow connect or graft itself on to MAGA. We've already had one phony Pence, backstabbing Pence, and now someone like Clay, Clay Travis now inhabiting the Rush Limbaugh time slot comes out and says this kind of thing. It's just, oh, my gosh. I'm not a purity guy. I'm not sitting around arguing. Like, all I care about is winning. And Nikki Haley does do well with suburban women who are independent swing voters and the people that are persuadable. And I'm not sure at this point in time that you can point me to anyone that Trump would pick that would help him win the general election as a vice presidential candidate more than Nikki Haley, right? Let's consider. I like Elise Stefanik. I love the way she stood up to Harvard and MIT and Penn. I think she's pretty smart. I think she's a talented politician. I don't think she brings you anything new. I like Tim Scott. If you wanted to argue to me, oh, that he is going to help with the black vote, maybe I squint black men and can see that a little bit, but I don't think he really changes the dynamic very much. Okay, just so you know, you would never hear Rush Limbaugh ever say something like that, ever. I mean, that that is so far out there. And again, that's Clay Travesty, now inhabiting the Rush Limbaugh time slot, lobbying for Nikki Haley to be grafted on to the America First ticket of Donald Trump to bring an America Laster, yeah, to bring a Forever War Boeing Board Military Industrial Complex member supported by the globalist Democrat donors like Epstein Island visiting Reed Hoffman, playing the tricks and the games, trying to claim she's not the establishment candidate. No, not me. The establishment's trying to get Nikki off the ticket, says Nikki. Nikki Haley supported by Liz Cheney who is America last par excellence, one of the most deceitful politicians from a disgraced Cheney legacy dynasty that Trump has overcome and Trump has conquered. Every organization that has been out attacking Donald Trump and that Trump has had to fight against the globalist uniparty organizations and the people and the billionaire Godzilla types, are the people supporting Nikki Haley? And Clay Travesty's brainstorm is, hell, let's bring her onto the ticket with Trump. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, how do you get that time slot? Well, I mean, you say stuff like this. You say stuff like this that the billionaire donors like, right? That, uh, that, that's why you're there. And that's the job you're doing. 
And yeah, he was off uh, pushing for DeSantis, was Clay Travis, and kind of denying it, not really being straightforward about it, but there he was at the DeSantis meetings and the DeSantis fundraisers. Yeah, Clay Travis playing a little game there. Maybe that's why he likes Nikki, playing the same game. Anyway, I just wanted that out there that, boy, that is that is a really far fall. That is like a meteorite coming out of the atmosphere, coming out of the universe and going straight into the planet and burrowing in when you go from a Limbaugh to a Clay Travesty, just so I'm clear on that. Big no thanks to neocon Nikki being on the ticket, and Trump has come out and said there is no way, no way. In terms of Trump's VP, by the way, keep your eyes on, in my opinion, Dr. Ben Carson. I'm out there saying I'd like to either be Carson or Carlson as the VP. Yeah, what do you think of that? Um, let's go to the phone lines, and uh, I'll uh, I'll go first here with uh, Chuck in Oklahoma. Thank you for checking in, Chuck. What thoughts this evening? Well, uh, as you know, uh, or maybe you don't know, we're sending troops down to, uh, to Texas. You know, our, our governor's doing that, which I totally support. Now, um, you may know that our sen- our senator, uh, Senator Langford, is yeah. the one that's negotiating that so-called so good deal, um, you know, for the the border where you get 5,000 people a day. He says, oh, that's not true. Yes, it is true. Um, and, you know, uh, your Senator Langford in Oklahoma, I don't know what, what, what do you think of him, Chuck, but apparently the Oklahoma Republican Party says that they have ceased all support of of Lankford at all, as long as he's mucking around with this rhino establishment, uniparty, open borders, immigration bill. What's going on there? Well, see, they tried to primary him, and uh, it it didn't go anywhere. And you tried to call, like on the phone, Um, you can leave, like, a message. You you can call any of those offices. You never get to speak to a human. I've called, like, a couple times and left the message. It's useless. Um, I wish I could uh, be like on a major station somewhere to get him a message to say, look, you know, the next time that you're up, you're done. But uh, here's the thing about that is if that was the pass, um, the our uh, majority of um, Republican Congress would be done because, you know, Biden's never going to never going to honor the uh, whatever law they come up. with. No, not not Biden, not Chuck Schumer. And not, uh, you know, the uniparty rhino types that run the GOP, not Mitch McConnell. All they want is their billions for Ukraine. They do not give a damn about securing our own border of this country. It's America last, dude. Yeah, that's it exactly. You were just talking about, like about uh, Travis, <laughs> Clay Travis. <laughs> if, if, um, if Trump was to select uh, Nikki Haley, he loses almost all his base. I mean, because... That's a different playbook. That's a playbook that goes back, um, oh, I don't know, to the Bush era, I I guess. Exactly. Reagan never should have had Bush in there with him, ever. Right. That would be like uh, tying the string like on the doorknob and pulling the tooth. I mean, that's how far back that goes. Yes. I love a dental comparison, may I say, Chuck. But, uh, yeah, this is Langford. I don't know. I I just – I think we're going to hold the line on – 
you know, voting for anything or supporting anything. Yeah, good luck. Lankford is, he's bad news. I'm glad the GOP in Oklahoma wants nothing to do with him anymore. Thank you, Chuck. To live is to fly, sings the Cowboy Junkies. Great Canadian band. Yeah, we're adding more countries into the diversity of our playlist right around here. But they're kind of a country band, if you want my opinion. Country blues band. Talking a bit about the border. Boy, people, that's on people's minds tonight. And Donald Trump's been saying... We're going to be deporting people once I'm back in there. President 47. We have no choice within moments of my inauguration. We will begin the largest domestic deportation operation in America. Since Eisenhower. We have no choice because this is not sustainable. It's no wonder Joe Biden and his thugs are so desperate to stop us. They know that we are the only ones who can stop them. They know that. Practically speaking, that is the case. Trump is the only one who can stop Biden, who can stop the Uniparty, who can stop the destruction of this country. Get practical. Nikki Haley going to do that? No, she would only aid and abet the destruction of this country. And by the way, Charles Payne over on Fox News was defending MAGA and saying that, you know, Joe Biden is so hateful, so hateful against Trump, so hateful against over half of this country, that he's been far more hateful than anything you see coming out of the the, the MAGA world. Charles Payne, kudos for saying this right now on Fox News. Uh, With that same personality, I I don't think that, you know, listen, I think it's worse with Biden calling MAGA. Biden's anger and vitriol and hatred for MAGA is far more worse than President Trump's individual battles with someone who crosses him. That is something that is really detrimental to this country, that the president of the United States despises half of the United States. President Biden, I, I said earlier today, I just wrote about a week ago, I had a segment coming up, so I, I Googled Biden hates MAGA. Nothing but articles, articles after articles after articles. He has expressed hatred for half of the country. It doesn't matter. It doesn't and it's not. Because, because the bottom line is he says it. He has vitriol for them. And so does MSNBC and so does CNN and so does the New York Times. They have vitriol for half of the nation. They don't look at them like fellow Americans. And it's unfortunate. They try to paint them as racist. That all the things that they do to their fellow Americans who simply want a safe home, a safe community, for the children at Prosperity. They want the same thing, but they demean them all the time. That's why I think Phillips was so intriguing because he went to a rally to find out for himself. And guess what? Golly, these are some pretty cool people. They're just like us. That's that's Charles Payne. And hopefully that audio came through. It might have been on a little different. It came through a different ear on my headset. Hopefully that went out and you heard Charles Payne. And that's the thing is that the left always says, oh, Trump is so full of hate. Trump is a hater. But then you you try to find some example. Yeah, Trump has, has had some personal battles with some people who are attacking him. Trump counterpunches and responds to the people attacking him. But what Biden does is he goes after MAGA. He goes after half this country. He demonizes half the country, the deplorables thing, the MAGA extremism thing. So the tactic of the left is to manufacture some some straw man, some object that they say that object is really hateful and we're going to hate on that hateful object. 
But the hate that comes out of Biden, the hate that comes out of CNN, NYT, the rest of the mainstream media is magnitudes, magnitudes more hate than you ever see out of MAGA. And just remember that. Remember that, that, you know, that that fellow who is who's running for the presidency, Dean Phillips, he says, you know, the Democrats are just delusional right now. This is what. This is what Payne is referring to. We have a crisis of participation. And I got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line. Every single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly. All of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. And that's the delusion. It comes out of the media. It comes out of Biden. It comes out of the echo chamber of CNN and NBC and CBS and the rest of them. They manufacture what they think of as their enemy, and they slander it. They build up a straw man, and they say, oh, this straw man is really hateful. We have, we, it's a threat to democracy, and so we have to hate on that. Do you see how they make up the whole thing? Do you see how it's not hateful, what MAGA is? It's just calm, good-natured, happy, cheerful people that want to put their country first and want to be listened to and want to see the middle class do well and the working class do well. But no, the left has to engage in their delusional behavior and whip up a frenzy and try to whip up as many people as possible into their same hateful, delusional mindset to attack MAGA in the ways that Charles Payne said is exactly what Biden has been doing, the way Hillary did the same thing with the basket of deplorables. You understand this? Yeah. You never see Trump attack the voters, ever. You see Democrats do it all the time. You see the media do it all the time ladies and gentlemen, but once again, we refer to the philosopher known as the dude. This aggression will not stand, man. It will not stand, man. I'm telling you. Let's say hey to Mark in Denver, Colorado. Mark, thanks for checking in. Welcome. Yeah, hi, Dr. Dunn. Um, hey, um, I do listen to uh, Clay and Buck uh, every day, and uh, I agree with you as far as Rush Limbaugh. Uh, nobody can replace him. He's the best, and he's the goat of all time. So you but, find them uh, listenable. I've, I've been having a bunch of yeah. text to studio saying that Clay and Buck are unlistenable. They avoid them like the plague. But you can do it somehow. Well oh, done. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're very conservative. They're, they're Trump players. When they, um, they had Pence on, I mean, um, uh, Travis was saying, you know, we're going to ask him, would you, uh, would you pardon Trump if, uh, you know, if you won the presidency? And, and uh Pence uh, danced around it, wouldn't answer. Wait and, a minute uh, on that, Mark. Clay yeah. Travis asked that question? He asked. Yeah, Pence see, that's a loaded question. That's a very loaded question in which they ask that to make it look like Trump did something wrong. That's right out of the no, DeSantis no, 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 and the no, Uniparty no. and the no. Rhino playbook to make it look like Trump did something wrong because he, cause he did something wrong. He needs to be pardoned by someone like a Mike no, Pence. No. That, that, they, that, that's, know, that's, that's, that's total uniparty playbook from Clay Travesty there, Mark. I'm telling you. No, remember, you got to see this remember stuff. When they had, remember when they had the debate and they asked, would you pardon Trump? And, uh, you know, everybody's looking around. 
to see who's going to do it. And Vake's hand went up immediately. But the whole question then, is a loaded I, question I from the start, right, Mark? I, Why are no, they even I, asking I that we'll, question? They're trying to frame Trump as somebody who's done something wrong and requires a pardon when he did not do anything wrong. Look, they're going after Trump, and they're going to try to get him for anything they can. Well, of course. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that that was the question. I mean, if, if they, you know, these, these charges are all phony. Yes. Uh, that they're trying to go after Trump. And they would say that if they convicted him of, uh, of uh, like, uh, one of those charges, those fake charges, would, you know, would you pardon him? And it's not whether he's he's done anything wrong at all. Well, what if they should answer to that question... Benefit, is what they should say is Trump should not be convicted on any of these egregious, bogus, fake charges. He, the, the pardon should not even be the question. The question should be, why are these uniparty Godzilla billionaire types, uniparty types, trying to force these fake, corrupt charges on Trump to try to, to, try to tamper with the election and interfere with the functioning of our republic and our democracy? That's, that's, that's what I would want to see those people answer. Of course, they don't they do it, right? The- they should be asking the question to Biden and the Justice Department, not anybody else. Why is Biden? Because all these people are, are going to, um, they've already been to the Biden White House and they're conspiring, uh, conspiring to, uh, to get him on fake charges. Right. So, and I'm just making a point, Mark. I, I, I respect what you're Department. saying. But, yeah. uh, but sometimes I think sometimes this propaganda is so slippery, you don't want to let it slip by you. Do you know what I no, mean? I, I think, why, why would Clay I, I, Buck I say he wants Nikki to be the vice president? I mean, what? Okay. What do you think of well, that? I think uh, Nikki Haley is a snake, and uh, uh, that's the last thing they want. The question is, um, politics makes strange bedfellows, right? Yeah. So what what they're saying is that Nikki Haley would get conservative well and and here's the wall thank you oh no i've got i've got a minute no we can keep going so yeah so there's a lot of women out there that are conservative that hate trump but they would vote for he's doing better with women than biden trump is polling so well with women make sure you look at the data mark on this stuff look at how well trump is doing with female voters right now and he is doing incredibly well far better than biden which is part of why Trump is ahead of Biden in all of the polls these days. Well, that's part of why um, supposedly that Trump lost is because of all these women that voted for uh, Biden. Well, that was the narrative that they sold you in that last election cycle. But look at the data right now. Why why, why are the Democrats? Why why are they trying to manufacture all these stunts and the lawsuits and tampering with all the all the election machinery the establishment can control? Because. Because are are they afraid of Trump? Do you think they are, Mark? Well, they stole the election the last time. I agree with that. Right on. Thank you, sir. Little House of Gold by Mike Ness channeling Hank Williams Sr. there. Yes, that is a sacred song. We'll bring it out every once in a while. There's a message there, and I think it's one worth listening to, paying attention to. Hope you've had a sacred Sunday across Colorado. We'll say our family, we ended up in a Baptist church in North Denver this morning. We had a wonderful experience, a wonderful time, and my kids were in the youth the youth group, and 
I'll just say it. They were the only white kids there, three little white kids in a largely African-American Baptist church. And I will say, boy, we were treated so well. We prayed together. We prayed together. We ate together. And the youth group, they went out and they they were throwing the football around. They were playing a little basketball together and had a great time, ladies and gentlemen. That was a wonderful experience. By the way, I had a text to studio here uh, on Clay Travis. Clay Travis, the I call him. Do you know that he voted for Obama twice? He voted twice for Obama. The individual that now occupies the Rush Limbaugh time slot voted twice for Barack Obama. Isn't that just, I mean, isn't that a a fall from grace to go from Rush Limbaugh to Clay Travesty? I think, I mean, there should be a drumbeat out there. And so, you know, they're slick with the propaganda. Sometimes it gets by people. Sometimes it gets by them. Anyway... Wanted to get this one in. Greg Gutfeld, one of the best, one of the best monologues I've heard. Taylor Lorenz for the Washington Post is has a teary, lamenting take on how, oh, the jobs in the media are going away and Sports Illustrated just closed down and oh the media is going down the drain. It's so sad for the media. Don't we feel sympathy for media people losing their jobs? And Gutfeld has his take on this. The entire journalism industry is basically in a free fall. Today, the Los Angeles Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire D.C. bureau in an election year. Major media companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people. And, oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Pretty much the entire digital media ecosystem that myself and a lot of other millennial journalists came up in has been completely hollowed out. Meanwhile, hundreds of workers at Condé Nast, the parent company of pretty much every major magazine from GQ to Vogue to The New Yorker to Vanity Fair are on strike because they're also facing impending layoffs. Even if you do get a job, journalists' salaries have been stagnant and even declined. And by the way, we don't make that much to begin with. I don't think people understand how bad the world would be without journalists. She's right. (laughs) Gutfeld now. Without journalists, who would arrest criminals or put out fires or build our roads or take care of the sick or deliver our mail or pick up our trash, keep our water and electricity running or defend our country? So, yeah, thank God for journalists. (laughs) Look, crazy lady, everyone understands how bad the world would be without journalists because we haven't had any for decades. (laughs) Fake news. Look at all the hoaxes our so-called media pushed while missing the biggest stories of the century. Fact is, only our treasured journalists could fake a scam involving Russia to undermine the incoming president without consequences. Only our treasured journalists could deny a lab-leaked virus for years and suppress anyone who dared question the lying experts. Only our treasured journalists would proudly disseminate the government's talking points word for word on everything from Hunter's laptop to border policy to crime stats, looting and riots. Only our treasured journalists would protect a vegetable who can't leave his basement or finish a sentence and helps him get a elected president with multiple election law changes, then eggs on attacking his political enemies while celebrating the imprisonment of those who didn't vote for him. And only our treasure journalists would want us to hear about the tragic plight of our treasure journalists. So, yeah, I don't think the world would understand how bad the world would be without journalists. But I have a feeling millions of us would like to find out. There we go. Greg Gutfeld, that is good. 
That is on point. And no one trusts the media anymore. Look at the data from the Pew polling center. No one trusts the media. And it's not economically viable anymore. And the billionaires that run the media are cutting their losses. But there's a price to pay for propaganda and the loss of trust and the echo chamber and the hoaxes. And uh, that's what's going on with the media, as we've been saying. We see through it. We see through it. Enough said on that deal. (laughs) Well done, Gutfeld. Let's say hello to Deborah in Lakewood. Thanks for checking in. Deborah, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, hey, I was listening to you, and you said I asked uh, who would you like for vice president, and I would love to see Mike Pompeo. He has the experience, and he never once backstabbed President Trump and us. And as of right now, he is working with Jay Shekelow's, uh, um organization, fighting for Trump, trying to get him back on the uh, uh voter rolls here in Colorado and all the other fake Interesting. Uh, okay, so you're saying Mike Pompeo, and I would keep going if I wasn't up against the wall at the end of the show, but I'll just say this. I'll just tell you, I'm skeptical of Mike Pompeo. He headed up the CIA and allowed the deep state to continue its predations on Donald Trump untouched. He helped block Trump from releasing the JFK files, did Mike Pompeo. I see him as swamp through and through, unfortunately, so I do not trust him. And he was no better at the State Department, but he's better at disguising his swamp credentials than some of the others. And so just with apologies, I say no go on Mike Pompeo. But um, but I salute your viewpoint on that, Deborah. And by the way, you're from Georgia or Alabama, Deborah? Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, Okay. I love it when you get a chance to call in and I get to hear your voice, Deborah. And so Aww. we might disagree on this one, but we agree on about everything else, Deborah. So may I salute you. Check in again sometime if you can find a minute. But we're up against uh, kind of the end of the show here. All the best to you. Let's say hey to Jack in Evergreen. We're tight, Jack, but any pithy thoughts for us tonight? Yeah, that gut feel. Uh, piece is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. My only question is: is how many uh, how many advertisers that supply the mainstream media are, are 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 out there that we can go ahead and just stop stop uh, you know patronizing? I mean, we need to shut them down. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. But Gutfeld's thing is exactly right, and you're right about Pompeo, 100. percent He's just another pence. Uh, it's uh, but my statement will be really quick. I don't think that there's anybody that has a, a real brain that really thinks that the 2020 election wasn't stolen. If you're not thinking that, and I know you're a morning guy who I've been talking to for 30 years, believes that. I, I don't see how anybody with a brain could believe that. Well, and if you look at the, the data, is like that, the vast majority of the Republican voters don't believe that the 2020 was legit. And uh, that number is yes. only increasing. I think we're past 70 percent. We're up to towards 80 percent of Republican voters don't believe 2020 was legit. That's just the deal. What, what what safeguards do we have on this next one? That's my question. Right. And I, I wish I could tell you I knew what safeguards. That's one thing that haunts me and worries me. The only solution okay, I can yeah. see is to win beyond the margin of cheating, to win beyond the margin of fraud. I don't know that you can do that. I mean, I don't think there's I don't think that there's a limit to the cheating that these people can do if you allow them to do it. And that's the problem. Our party allows them to do it. 
Yep. Exactly the problem. The Uniparty right. allows it to happen. And maybe yes. they feel like they can control that so well. That's why they let the border go wide open and they do all the stuff that's in your that's face right. to the American voter, the American people. They don't care because they think they've right. got it in the bag. Yeah. Yep. No, well, we, there's no resistance. There's no resistance to them. That's the problem. Yep. They, this the Godzilla billionaires. But thank you, Jack. Saddle uh, pals. Man. Let's get together next Sunday. Until then, all the best. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.